All right, Rob, thank you so much. I know you wanted to get a little bit further in the car trip, but I just, I was so tired and I'm so hungry and I really just wanted to like, just just call it an, an, a day and just get a little bit of sleep. And I'm just, thank you so much. Yeah, I, I don't really understand why we started at uh, two in the morning because, you know, usually I'm asleep at that time. So uh, I don't know. Something possessed me to like, oh, let's make it really early in the morning and let's get a head start on the day. But that was a clearly bad idea. That, you know, we, I, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm always up for an adventure. I just, yeah, I was just very tired. And I thank you for this so much. It's just nice to, to like, you know, have a room and we can like watch some TV. And it's just nice to get my shoes and socks off and just kind of just chill here on the couch and just kind of order some, you know, room service and get some food and just relax for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, they should be coming about now because, I mean, we ordered about 20, 30 minutes ago, I think. Yeah, they should be any minute. I was just so excited to, I just had these weird cravings. Like it's been a long time since I've had like, you know, Rice Krispie cereal and they had it on the menu. And I thought, <laughs> I'm, I'm having that. I want that. Rice Krispies, man. I remember, I want some Rice Krispie treats. I wish they had that on the menu. Oh yeah, yeah. And then like they had tapioca, which I put, I had that when I was a kid. And I'm just like, that sounds really good too. You know, like some people it grosses it out grosses them out but like i want tapioca I'm gonna yeah have that too. that's all you my friend because uh tapioca mm. does not do it for me i just it sounds so good well you know we got the pizza to share yeah we got the pizza yeah. we got the we got the soda the fountain sodas man i know and he's like you want liz with that and i'm like no we're not going anywhere just being in our, our room just keep the lids i'll save the environment i don't need a lid on my drink Thank yeah we're you. just gonna be sipping from the sipping from the cup I know, I know. And then I got us uh, some fried rice. That sounded good. Oh, yeah. Mm, and I got soup. You got soup. I just went, I just went all out. Just, <laughs> I was just so hungry. You really did. See, I wasn't that hungry, and I'm usually the hungry one, but mm. I don't know. Your inner child must be coming out. Yeah, I don't know. I was just so hungry. Well, anyway, it's out. Oh, he's at the door now. So oh, our food is here, my friend. Okay, I'll go get it. Thank you. All right. Oh, shit, this is a lot of stuff. I hope I know I was so hungry. I just couldn't stop myself. We can always like, you know, we got a fridge. We can pack it up and bring whatever we don't eat later. But, you know, let's yeah. just spread it all out here and just get comfortable and see what's on TV. And, you know, it's yeah. a nice place, by the way. Don't you think for like a, a last minute thing? I'm, I'm kind of digging Dunwich. It's a nice little town, I think. Yeah. The funny thing is, it wasn't even on the map. I know that's we luck out all the time. We yeah. always find. Yeah. Like Knob's End, that was an unexpected just excursion that one time. <laughs> yeah, that really was. But that was a quick excursion, though. I mean, really That was quick. very quick. But, you know, but this one, we're just going to relax and just chill. Yep. Oh. I'm going to pop open this fried rice. It's smelling really mm. good. Yes, I'm going to pour some milk on my Rice Krispies. And listen, you can hear them crackle. Oh, it looks also good. And tapioca. Now, you're, I know you don't want it, but you're welcome to tapioca pudding here and like our drinks. And it just looks so good. Oh, that's yeah, a gonna big, s- bay, big window across the room there. Wow. Yeah. And why is it rattling, though? I don't know. It's so windy out there. And the wind didn't pick up until we got in the room. That, that's weird. I know. It's, like, very windy. Maybe we, like, called, you know, called this at a good time to just kind of, like, relax a little bit. I'm going to get up and try to secure that window because that's not sounding too secure right now. No, it's, like, really rattling. Yeah. Holy shit. Is there a latch for this? What the hell? I don't know. It's, oh my God. Is it? Oh, 
Something Where? stuck in my eyeball. Rob, why are Maggie flying through the window? Oh, uh, what Rob, the hell? Let, uh, we gotta get out of here, man. Oh. oh, they're like sliding off my head because I have no hair. <laughs> oh, Rob. Oh, God. Uh. <laughs> oh, I can't get it out of my eye. It's crawling around in oh, there. Oh, my Rob. This is disgusting. Oh, oh, why did I take my shoes and socks off, Rob? Oh. <laughs> Oh man! Oh, done with I'm done. I'm done with you. That's for sure. Done with you totally. Oh, let's go. Guess what? 
It's All Saints Day. A demanding, implacable enemy whose search for blood is never satiated. All right, all you Midnight Mass Preacher casters out there, we thank you once again for joining us. This is a, another trip down Fulci Lane. This time we are going to be covering the City of the Living Dead, also known as the Gates of Hell. This is from 1980, and our director is Lucio Fulci. Um, this one was my pick, and I am Mark, and I'm always joined by the ever-awesome... I'm Rob, not Bob, definitely not Bob. <laughs> oh, so Rob, is this your first experience with the Gates of Hell, aka City of the Living Dead? It is. <laughs> <laughs> I was very excited to see it. Um, you know, having seen House by the Cemetery. Uh what else is it called? Is it does it have another title? I don't think that one does. Okay. I hope I'm not lying. I think it's just that one. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So after seeing that, I was like, okay, this is part of a trilogy. I definitely want to, cause I'm a completionist, definitely want to see the rest of the trilogy, even though they pretty much don't have anything to do with each other. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So my first, my first foray into seeing this film was last night. Cool. That's cool. Now, and that's my fault that you saw them out of order because out of the three and the, the other one is the beyond, which we'll be doing a, a couple of shows from now, but my favorite one out of the trilogy is the house by the cemetery. And so I picked that one and Rob was kind enough to, you know, join me in that adventure. So he was enjoyed that one enough to, to do this one. So I'm happy he, he liked that one. Um, now I'm going to attempt the Italian title para nella Cita de morti viventi. I hope I did that right. And I apologize. I'm not making fun of anything because I love this movie so much. Um, now, I saw this uh, kind of like I said before in the House by the Cemetery episode. Um, back in the 80s, I had burned through all the like slasher movies and I was still craving like, you know, new horror. But the Italian stuff was just so weird. Um, I didn't know what to do with it. It felt like kind of like uh, cheap in a weird way and like just too extreme. And I was just like, I don't know what, what to make of this, um, <laughs> but it definitely left an impression on me. Um, but like decades later revisiting, I'm like, this stuff's amazing. Like it is incredible. We'll get more into it, but like, I'm a super Uber fan now. Um, like, I think I own this on multiple versions. I have a, a blue underground put out a Lucio Fulci collection um, which oddly it has uh, City of the Living Dead. It has House by the Cemetery, but then it has a Giallo. Um, it doesn't have the other film, The Beyond. It's got oh. the New York Ripper on it, which is really odd. I don't know why they just didn't all, do all of them. Um, and then I have uh, Scorpion Releasing put out The Gates of Hell, a very nice collection of that. And then for this episode, I watched my um, Dark Forces Entertainment and Code Red DVD did a Blu-ray double feature with Gates of Hell and Psycho from Texas. And they really don't have anything to do with each other, but they're both great films in their own way. But um, but the version on this, it's like a drive-in version. So it's all scratchy and grainy and gritty and it's not cleaned up. And it's almost added to the whole thing because it felt like okay. I should be watching this at like a really 
scuzzy like you know <laughs> private or something it yeah. was pretty cool so that's um, kind of like when i was watching uh trick or treat the blu-ray that i've got i told you it had that <laughs> film grain with the with the little scratches and everything yeah the on burn it. marks yeah. yeah yeah no but uh so yeah i'm a definite fan of fan of mr fulci's work um so the basic premise of this um a priest uh, has committed suicide, and in doing so, he has opened up the gates of hell, causing his uh, city or town that he lives in, Dunwich, um, which was built over the city of Salem, where all the witch uh, hunting happened decades before, um, to become like a portal for hell to open up and the dead to rise and walk the earth. Now, back in New York, a medium, um, has discovered this during a seance that this has happened, but she doesn't quite know where it's taking place. And she has to go on a quest to find this, to close the gate before it opens um, on All Saints Day. So basically, if you're going by like Roman Catholic belief, All Saints Day is November 1st. So really this takes place on Halloween. Yeah. October 31st. Yeah, Yeah. that's what I was thinking too, because, okay, um, not just like the Catholic thing, but um, I think Dia de los Muertos is also, it's either October 31st or that entire week, uh, if I'm not mistaken, but it's it does last more than one day. And then it kind of culminates on All Saints Day, I think. Mm-hmm. And she's joined um, in a very weird roundabout set of circumstances by a uh, reporter. Um who kind of joins her on this road trip to go just in search of where this town might be. So they can kind of put a stop to like, you know, basically the end of the world. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they're kind of casual about all this really. Yeah. They don't (laughs) seem there's not really a sense of urgency. (laughs) Not really because, (laughs) because there's even one part where they're on the road and she's like, I'm really hungry. And I'm like, (laughs) I think I could eat a power bar. If it meant saving some time on the road. Yeah. Just <laughs> take a cereal bar with you or something. Right. Um, so Lucio Fulci is very good at, to me, like presenting these kind of odd nightmarish imagery on film um, with ultra gory uh effects thrown in and this this movie now this movie in comparison to house by the cemetery really amps the gore up oh yeah it turns it up to 11 yeah 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 (laughs) um (laughs) so uh the new york scenes we don't really stay in new york very much and actually at the seance um our medium mary woodhouse is believed to be dead. And so she's actually buried. Right. And I thought, I thought she was actually dead too. Yeah. Now that to me leads us to one of the cooler scenes in the movie. Uh, Cause she's underground. Right. And uh, she wakes up. Underground. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which is <laughs> scary in and of itself. Cause I mean, who the hell wants to be buried alive and suffocate and all that. But you know, in that, in that scene when she wakes up and uh, is that the reporter or is that the police officer? No, it's the reporter. It, it's uh yeah. The reporter is um, 
he's kind of come to the grave. It, it's really just kind of to check things out, I'm assuming, because he really has no idea that she's alive. Yeah. Because for all intents and purposes, everyone thinks she's dead. But he hears, and then like several times, it's like she's screaming, she's punching the coffin, like, um, and he, he looks back and then he's like, oh, I must be hearing things. And then he starts to walk away again. Um, and then he keeps hearing it. And it's like, finally, you know, just when she's on the verge of suffocation, does he, you know, try to get her out of there? Yeah. Like Fulci, I think really builds the tension with this because yeah. like, you know, like Peter, Peter is the reporter. Like, so he like walks away and he's like, do I hear something? And like, she's kind of making muffled noises, but mm -hmm. she's not really quite all out hysterical just yet. No. <laughs> like I'd be like freaking out right away, but she's kind of building up to it. Um, so he walks away and he like pauses and he's like, did I hear that? And he's like, no, I couldn't possibly have heard that, you know? And so they really do a good job of amping up that tension. But I love the scene where, you know, cause she's buried. But so Peter just grabs this pickaxe and starts like, oh, shit, yes, slamming yes. into the lid of the cask. And it's kind of like in House by the Cemetery where exactly. Dr. Freud scene was holding the kid's face to the door. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Very reminiscent. Yeah. Almost got a pickaxe to the eye. And we here we go again with the eyes. Like you were telling me, Fulci is like the the fan of the eyes and eye trauma and everything. Yes, yeah. And there was a lot of eyes in this movie. Well, and then the actress kept blinking because she knew it was going to it was going to come. You know that expectation. Mm -hmm. He got furious with her, and he got in there and had them do it to him. He's like, "See, you can do this without blinking. Now do that." Oh, uh, really? Yeah, like he was furious that she kept blinking and oh, messing up the takes. <laughs> I would be scared. I don't want to get shit in my eyes. Can you imagine? <laughs> but anyway, so he drags her up out of this thing and they just like go on their merry way to, to Dunwich. They, so the medium in her trance, she saw like a tombstone and it yeah. had uh, the soul that pines for eternity shall outspan death. You dweller of the twilight, void yep. come Dunwich. So right. that's and all she's got to go on. And how the hell would anybody know what that means? It's no, uh, where would you head? Where it's not like you could Google it. <laughs> unless like you're looking at the last line where it says come Dunwich, and then you're like, oh, let's look for a town called Dunwich. Yeah, so that's kind of where they're heading. Um, and so they do a pretty cool job, I think, of cutting between the weird stuff going on at Dunwich and then their road trip. Cause the road trip other than building, like we got to get there. Cause they'll do, they, they are kind of doing like a weird countdown because she'll mention like, we've only got 12 hours till all saints. Day. Yeah. Yeah. They, you know, it's interspersed between like kill scenes and um, little stories being told. Like the, the guys at the bar saying it's because this town is cursed and you know, that, that kind of stuff. Mm hmm. What well, that? Yes. And I love the one scene because we don't know who the guy is at first, but apparently Dunwich is very windy. Oh, yeah. It's a very windy place. Uh, uh, and that we later on find out his name is Bob. Right. <laughs> I was going to ask. He, yeah. He ends up at that like desolate 
like shack building thing yeah. and he runs inside and he pulls out that like inflatable sex doll. I knew how the hell did I know that was a sex doll immediately? Like I saw the face and I was like, that's a sex doll. And then <laughs> it just expands. And I was yeah. like, okay, I was right. Why do but, I know this? But then on the floor, you get that, like, it looked almost like a kid's charred, burnt corpse covered in like worms. Yeah. And- I was going to say, um, the, Okay, the the first instinct I got, like the vibe I got from it was like Jeff Goldblum in The Fly, uh, where the baboon got turned inside out. This was like a baby turned inside out. Yeah, not not like a small infant, though. Don't you think it was a little bit bigger? Mm. See, I'm thinking more like a five-year-old. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't. Yeah, it was small, but not too small, but. I don't know. I just, I was like, there's a baby on the floor and it, it's turned inside out. It's all like it was microwaved or something. Yeah. So, but we don't know going into this, we don't know anything at all about this male character at all. We're giving nothing about this. But so I thought it was weird with the blow. Cause he almost kind of like runs to the sex doll. Like he's kind of engaged with it. Don't oh, you think? You, he was, he was totally gonna make it with that doll. Yeah. Like he was not like, freaked out by it he was like oh hey let's let's keep each other company during this windstorm um hey baby yeah so that was weird um but there's all these odd things going on in dunwich right there's um and that's when we kind of get the we get the inclination that bob is not really liked you know well, yeah, because yeah, exactly. And then we don't even really know that's Bob yet, but you know, you start, they start talking about this person named Bob, but then like you get the, uh, uh, it's almost like a pub and the, the guy it's the bartender and like two patrons. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the wall like splits. Um, yeah. Doesn't something else happen first though? Like the mirror breaks. Yeah. It's just all these weird. It reminded me a lot of the beginning of the fog. Oh, yes, that. Where the town, there's just like weird things happening. Yeah, it's just living with a curse and, and uh, like things are things are escalating pretty damn quickly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And there's kind of mentioned that like things have not been the same since the Father Thomas has kind of hung himself. Yeah. And they never really explained why uh, the father hung himself. No, I kind of wanted to know like the reasoning behind that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I assumed it was overdue library books. (laughs) Um, But yeah. And so like, just, it's just odd things are happening. Well, so then we're, we're introduced to more characters. That's where we also get to meet uh, Jerry, the world's calmest therapist. Oh yeah. And then like nothing upsets this man. No. And nothing upsets <laughs> this man. <laughs> and I think like I got that uh vibe again from Fulci because just from seeing House by the Cemetery where the woman was kind of hysterical and this lady's talking about uh incest and falling in love with her dad. And, oh Sandra, yes, yeah. his patient Sandra. Yep. Yeah. He, yeah. And so I was like, okay, so clearly like all of these women in this movie are pretty much unstable. 
or at least uh, like the ones that they're like the ones that are pointed out as being unstable are really unstable. Yeah. Sandra's like, <laughs> she's just like a bundle of loose nerves. Seriously. Uh, yeah. yeah. But like, well, then Emily pops in and I'm assuming that was his secretary, I guess, because he's very kind of like hands on with both women. Mm hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, what's your relationship? Like, like nowadays he'd be like taken to court <laughs> <laughs> on so many different things. Right. Yeah. You Unless, know what I mean? Because at first I thought was she well, like, and then she's talking about going to go see Bob and I'm like, yeah, do you have an open relationship? You, Cause he was like, just fine with her seeing Bob, you know? Um, and, that, and like, that's what, what I was thinking too. I was like, maybe they're, they just got like, uh, some kind of relationship where they just, you know, get together all in a house and put, put their car keys in a bowl. And, it was know. so odd. Yeah. It was very odd. And then she goes like on the, like, uh, Emily goes on this like tangent about like, you know, everyone else hates Bob, but Bob's okay. And yeah. all this stuff. And she goes, and then she starts talking about Salem, you know, like the witch trials of Salem and, mm -hmm. and, uh, but you know, Dunwich is, is just carrying on those things and everything. Anyway, she's got a chip on her, her shoulder and she like takes off. Yeah. Now the first time, you saw this. Did you kind of associate Bob with, or is it because I saw it out of sequence where I associated Bob with house by the cemetery, Bob. And I was like, Oh, maybe this is the kid that, you know, he lost his parents and, um, you know, got taken in by Mrs. Freudstein. And I was like, okay, th this is the Bob that they're talking about. But Oh <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I was I, thinking. I didn't because that would have been, they would have been out of sequence unless they were making them out of sequence. Does that make sense? Because House by Cemetery is the third of the trilogy. Okay, yeah, it's probably because House by the Cemetery was the first one that I saw. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I think Bob is just an easy American name to go to. <laughs> Bob. <laughs> now, actually, though, we'll talk more at the end of the, once we cover this, but that actor is like, his career is something else. We'll cover that more when we when we talk about it. But yeah, that actor is something else. But yeah, so any anyway, uh, she's going to go meet Bob at the garage for some reason. And she does end up at the garage, but I'm like, that's not where I would have chosen to meet anybody. No, that's a even creepier place than like where Bob pulled the sex doll from. Yeah, it was pretty bizarre. Um, now, so at the garage, that's where they have that weird encounter with something. We don't really know what it is. At first. Right. And then we eventually come to find out it's the priest. Because he grabs like Emily and tries to put like tar and worms on her. Oh, yeah. It's so <laughs> weird. And then Bob just like takes off on her. Yep. And it, it did. It was like he just found a big old mud pile with a bunch of worms and stuff. Yeah. And just like fed it to her and that killed her. Uh, something. Yeah. Uh, did he feed it to her or just rub it on her face and hair? I don't even know. It looked like he was trying to force feed the worms to her. Like, in my opinion, anyway. The worm mud pie. <laughs> yeah, um, it's like, eat this pie. Right, right. And then, so now Bob, of course, has taken off. And these are just things, actually, that just stuck out in my head. If you have anything else you want to add. But these are just, like, highlights to me of, like, just different things. And then, like, he's taken off. And then you get that couple in the car making out oh right and this was the uh 
This was probably one of my favorite scenes. Well, that and it really is stomach turning. <laughs> well, yeah, it is. But I mean, in the in the gross way that oh, God, my, yeah, one yeah. of my favorite scenes in the grossest way possible. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> because what like, OK, the priest is looking at her. He looks like a vampire now. Yeah, he does. He's like all uh, like. Super pale, but his around his eyes are like real kind of like. I don't. Yeah, it's a. He just reminds me of like one of those old timey silent film vampires. Yeah, he looks very unhealthy. Well, he's a little dead. <laughs> he's he dead. looks very unhealthy. <laughs> and then we get like a, a whole crap ton of eye close ups. Um, oh, yeah, he loves his eye close up. And yeah. the, the girl's eyes are bleeding. And then she starts vomiting up all her internal organs. Yeah. Actually, the. Ooh. Now, I don't know about you, but that made me want to like throw up really like I, I just oh, I find that nauseating. But she uh, had to keep they were, I think they were veal, if I'm not mistaken, um, veal intestines. It looked almost like brains at some point, too. Yeah. But but in her mouth, she had to keep veal intestines and she just stuffed them in there. To oh, keep, like God. coming up now. The guy that was with her, Tommy. He OK, so remember demons. I do. Yes. The Was he the, the one with the uh, the chrome face? Yes. That's Michele Suave. Yes. OK. He was from Demons. Yes, exactly. Yep. So that we know him. I we thought do. he looked familiar. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So and I like how he was trying to get the hell out of that car. But almost like at the same time, he was watching it happen. And then he was like, oh, I better I better try to leave. Oh, I can't leave. Let, let me just watch it happen some more. Right, right. But then I love, and this happens a lot in this movie, but they just like grab the back of the person's head and it's like almost like soft, like a baby's head and they just squeeze through it and rip it off. Yeah. Now was, okay, that's what I wanted to ask you. That part specifically was because there was a couple of times more that they did that, but this was the first time we see it. And it's like, would you die from somebody just pulling the piece of your skull off or were they actually just digging into the head and kind of yanking the brain out at the same time yeah in my mind what they did is they grabbed so hard but this see now like i guess because you're the living dead so you have this super strength i but i think what they're doing is they're actually grabbing through your skull getting to your brain and just ripping okay yeah that's what i was thinking too that's what i think it's like a mortal combat fatality (laughs) it is yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> it's pretty horrible. <laughs> and it's oh. like the way that the like modeling clay or putty and it's just like squeezing and you <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty oh, horrible. Oh man, yeah. yeah. I don't know, but my favorite scene was the girl throwing up like her internal organs. Yeah, I thought you might enjoy that one. That was pretty <laughs> horrible. I wonder though after you do that does Anyone that dates you ever want to kiss you again, ever? Probably. Like even a, if it's just veal intestine, and yeah, I would be like, no, <laughs> you yeah, had that in your mouth. Just so nauseating. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now, don't know if I can explain it. So this will make sense to you. But some parts of this movie also reminded me of Dead and Buried. You know what? I think it was the way it was shot. Something, yeah, because it was so, because Dead and Buried was so foggy looking too. Yeah. And, and just the that, town itself, like the. Yeah. 
the area that they were in and the way the the community was uh, together, I was just reminded of Dead and Buried quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. And then there's also, okay, so like Emily's, you know, dead now, but there's that whole like mortician casket scene with the elderly woman. Oh, yeah. And uh, she clearly did not like him stealing the gold necklace, so she bit his finger off. Yeah, right. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. And so they keep talking about like people are like dying of like fright. They're like basically being scared to death in the town. Yeah. And okay, so if they died of fright, would that cause them to like vomit up their organs and stuff? I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Or have the back of their heads open. So they're in a faulty movie. It would. Yeah, I guess so. Um, And I do like how they keep referring back to the people who have disappeared because they'll talk about Rose and Tommy. Because that was the girl and the boy in the van. You know, they'll be like, they're missing still. You know, I'm like, no, they're not. We just saw her cough up her intestines. Yeah. His head's gone. Yeah. Um, And I wonder why they haven't been found where, were they like immediately turned into the living dead like after that event happened? And it's like, okay, that's why they're not found because they're kind of lurking in tomb somewhere or something. Right. Yeah. They're out there just roaming the night at Dunwich. Yeah. Yeah. Now I do love like John John. Like who would name their child the same name twice? <laughs> oh, that's the little boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of along the same lines of Bob. Like maybe the um Okay, so we know Fulci is an Italian director and his native language is Italian. So it's like they, they're thinking, of, he might have been thinking of the easiest names to come up with yeah, for these people. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but John, John. Yeah. And so, oh, and I guess, well, yeah, clearly the Robins are very upset because their daughter's dead. And so Jerry, the very hands-on uh, therapist that she worked for, is trying to console the family and everything. Um <laughs> He's consoling them behind the scenes. Right, right. It's just so very odd. Um, Then, like, you know, Bob's still being, well, Bob, like, the whole town hates Bob, you know, because Bob's got, like, this reputation for being, like, all molesty. And I'm like, shouldn't we be looking at Jerry? But they're all worried about Bob. (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) You know, like, for, like, you know, it's, like, insinuate that he's, like, taking kids off and he's, like, you know, tried to get. Well, and I do like how when it's first presented, because you have the people in town talking about Bob, like, you know, getting handsy with their daughters and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that, like, Anna is like a kid. Well, then when we meet Anna, she's like is Bob's age and she's getting ready to smoke pot. Right. That's exactly what I thought, too. I was like, OK, this guy's out there, like, luring kids into the forest or something. But that's not even the case. He's just a perverted teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think Bob, well, I don't know though, but then that the kid's body from earlier makes me think that maybe Bob did do something. Oh, wrong. Hey, you, you do make a good point there. Yeah. I don't, cause think why would they show is. that? Like, yeah, I think Bob's like, especially in that house, I think things went on in that house. Yeah. Maybe Bob is like truly effed up. Yeah. I think Bob is. Um, then I love the part, um, where, after the funeral, the Robins are back at the house and John John's sitting on the bed. Oh, yeah. Why is but he the just... the rocker is still go. Did you notice the rocker was going on its own? I did. And I that would have been the first thing that I noticed and I would have gotten the hell out of that room. But now, okay, so have you seen the, the original Amityville Horror with um, Margot Kidder and 
Um, Roland. Yes, I did. Yep. So there's a whole scene in there where the little girl's talking to the rocker that's going back and forth. And that reminded me of that scene. I'm like, oh, I wonder if they lifted that. I'll have to check it out again because it's been such a long time since I've seen that movie. But anyway, I'd have been out that room the minute that rocker was moving. But <laughs> John John seemed just fine with that. Yeah, he's, oh, grandma's here. <laughs> yeah, right. But then, so of course, it's like, like there's someone creeping around outside. It turns out to be his Emily. Oh, and man, the, I got to give it up to the, the makeup person, whoever did that, because Emily looked horrifying. There's like really good. Now, there's some stuff that didn't age well, you know, but mm-hmm. it's still practical, which I think is cool. But there's some really good stuff going on in this film, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And the lighting, the way the lighting is oh, used. yes. It makes it all the more scarier because you don't see her entire face, but you just see enough of it where it looks like, okay, this lady is clearly not well. And it's almost like she's holding a flashlight, like how people do like the creepy, like <laughs> yes. a camping trip. <laughs> like she's got her own flashlight underneath her face. Right. That's fact. what it looked like because you did, you only see like part of the face and like, that's the kind of part that sticks with you and just, it's very unsettling. It's very, yeah, it's very unsettling. And I love how John, John's like, Emily's going to get me. And they're like, no, Emily's in heaven. He's like, the hell she is. She's going to kill us all. <laughs> she told me herself. <laughs> yeah. Why aren't you listening to me? Yeah. Um, and then I, I found it interesting that Sandra was an artist who I guess specializes in rhinoceros painting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I I also found that interesting. Like, why is she, is she uh, like horny or something? You know, because rhinos. <laughs> but I'll be honest with you. I would have had the exact same reaction if a dead corpse had turned up in my kitchen that she was having. Oh, yeah. And not only that, but the sounds that were being made by whatever the hell was okay, so- moving around. Yeah, we need to address, I I think, this before we go any further. So we get like weird, like, well, number one, like Amazon jungle noises. Yes, we we got like monkeys and monkeys. Yeah. Um, Then that like growling, howling thing, which is terrifying, I think. As well as a creaky, a creaky kind of sound along with it. We're almost like the Dr. Freudstein kind of. Yeah. And then there's like banging upstairs all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, there's like a lot of like very unnerving noises that like almost some of them don't really belong there, which makes it even weirder. Right. I would be falling apart just from that alone. <laughs> yeah. It's very creepy. Uh, <laughs> very creepy. So she calls Jerry to come over her therapist, which I is she her or she his only patient, I guess. I wonder if it's maybe in the 80s, like uh, therapists did house calls or something like that. But it seems like they're they have a bit of a more of a more than a doctor patient relationship. It appears to me. It's very odd. Now. Real quick, though, I do one scene where he's got like this pocket door and he slides it and it makes the same noise as the monsters are making throughout the film. Did you notice that? No, I must have just assumed that it was it was being, a monster. <laughs> yeah, just assumed that. I thought that was kind of cool how like Fulci was working in these noises, so it wasn't like 
is that outside in a creature or is that like just a door? I don't know. It's very cool. I thought that he did that. I don't know. I thought it was very cool. Um, but anyway, so back at Sandra's place and he's still being very rational about this. He's like, Oh, there's gotta be an explanation for this dead corpse in your kitchen. <laughs> right. Like, the fuck there is. It was Bob. Bob brought it there. <laughs> right. I'm like, this is supernatural shit. See, supernatural would have been my first go-to. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I would have been like, even if somebody lifted it up and brought it there, like the first thing I would think like that it's a ghost. man. <laughs> it's yeah, no. And then like, I love when they're going to go investigate the house and there's that room divider and then you see the feet. Yeah. I, you know, I was trying oh. to figure out what the hell that thing was called. I was, I called it a changing, a changing blind. I was like, what the hell is the name of that thing? But yeah, well, it I, is too. Like a lot of times, like people would, you know, like if you wanted like if you had a big open space and you did want to go like back behind it and mm-hmm. get changed or whatever. Yeah, you do. Exactly. You would use that for that same purpose. But yeah, I thought that was creepy as hell because eventually the, the corpse does disappear from the kitchen just yeah. as quickly as it showed up. That was horrifying. horrifying. And it, it was unsettling just seeing the feet behind there <laughs> because uh, it's that. OK, that old lady's corpse is now standing up behind there like hiding, just waiting yeah, for hiding. Yeah waiting to like rip your brain out or something. Uh, Yeah. And then I love when they go upstairs and the window breaks, but the shards of glass hit the opposite wall and then blood just starts pouring out of the wall. See, I didn't notice that it hit the opposite wall. I was, when I saw the, okay, the first, I got to say, when I saw the blood coming from there, I thought like the shards had cut them as they were, you know, doing their passage and both of them were dead and they didn't realize it yet. And so they're just looking at the wall and they're seeing like their own blood dripping from the shards. And then I was like, oh, the wall's bleeding. Okay, I get it now. Well, or you may be onto something too. It is a full chief film. We just don't know. (laughs) I mean, a very well, I mean, you, you know, I'm saying that could have killed them and they just don't know they're dead yet. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So weird. So weird. Um, then at some point during the road trip, Mary and Peter run into a priest that actually knew Father Thomas. And he points them in the direction of where they need to go. Yeah. Is he the one who says Dunwich or he yeah, calls it yeah, Dunwich? He's the, fills, he's the one that fills them in on like where Dunwich is. And it was built over the Salem ruins and everything. And oh, OK, he, yeah, he's the one that kind of sets them on the right path. Because until this point, they were just driving around with nowhere to go. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then, so (laughs) this is also when I love the, the, I guess the meet cute with Anne, where we actually figure out that she's a teenager, but then Anne's dad catches Anne and Bob together. Oh, geez. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What did you do to my daughter? Yeah, I'm thinking I don't think he did anything to Anne compared to what you're going to do to him. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah. like you were telling me about Fulci and the whole eye trauma thing. But uh, I, I really thought I was going to get some eye trauma, but instead it was head trauma. But, you know, that effect was really good because there's that one. Scene. OK, so what happens is the dad takes Bob's head and just kind of drills it with this like uh, table mounted drill. Yeah, but the drill. There's one scene, and it's the actor's head. It's not a fake head. 
but the drill is moving on one side and the other side, it's still moving. And that's a really cool effect. Yeah. I actually thought his head was getting drilled for real. Yeah. It was a very well achieved effect. Still now to this day, it's very good. It's a very good effect. And in a way, I I kind of was upset that Bob died because I was like, I thought he had a part to play in this film, Um, but he didn't. He did not at all have a part. He was just creepy. He was just there to be a creepy, creepy person. Now, I got to ask um, before we go any further, did you like from Bob, like his mannerisms and everything, did you get Crispin Glover kind of vibes from that? Yeah, he was very uh, an odd person. Like, yeah, Crispin Glover, if you remade this, would be perfect for that part. Like, we're going to do a recasting couch. Crispin Glover could easily be Bob. Yeah, I could totally see that. Easily be Bob. Yeah, totally. I, I'll be honest, though, I wanted more Anne in my movie. She looked fun. Yeah. You know, with her little string tied top and everything. She looked like a fun kind of girl. But, of course, she would just be there to be like, you know, cough up entrails and then become possessed and dead. So <laughs> and, I wanted more for her than that. But and yeah. Sandra was kind of annoying too. Oh yeah, she was very much so. Yeah, yeah she was very annoying. Um, so <laughs> so now this is kind of where everyone starts to convene on the cemetery because Peter and Mary have now made it to Dunwich and Jerry has come to the cemetery as well. And this is where I have in my notes that he is doable. I've actually, because it took me a while because I'm like, he does have the beard, but I'm not sure how I feel about him. But at that point, I'm like, he's cute enough. He's he's doable. Um, so I got a thumbs up for Jerry. Um, thumbs up for Jerry. Yeah. So they're looking for Thomas's tomb because they've got a, so they have to find his tomb to do what exactly? Yeah, they I, that was never explained. Like, are they going to rebury him or are they? Yeah, going I'm like, to... but what are they? Yeah, he's been buried. So you're going to do what now exactly? Yeah. Like, how do they close the gates of hell? They, they never right. explained that. Yeah. It, I, right. OK, thank you. Yeah. And then when I did some digging online, people are confusing Dante's. Seven circles of hell with the seven gates of hell. And then like the seven gates of hell is like these like weird like things in like Arkansas, like in cemeteries. And I'm hmm. like, no, you're talking about two different things. And they're applying that to this. And they're like, well, if they close this gate of hell, they still have six more. And there's no way they could do all that. And I'm like, I, you're you're talking about two different things here, people, I think. Yeah, I don't anyway. I don't think Fulci had that in mind when he made. No, this I don't movie. think so. He did. Yeah, I don't think he was talking about all these different gates. I don't think. Yeah. But anyway, so now the most important thing about this is it's got everybody back together now. Like our team is joined forces, basically. Yeah. And don't they only have uh, two hours before right, All Saints Day? But also. And you, you OK, this is me. So you may have a different take on this, Rob. I, this is why I'm bringing it up. You need to tell me this. The time thing to me is like what should be most important. But they're just talking about it like they've got like, hey, I put a new roll of toilet paper in the bathroom. You yeah. know, they're like, oh, we got like two hours. You know, I'm like, wait, no, we'd be like, we've only got two hours, everybody. But they're like, oh, we got two hours. You know, like, hey, you know, yeah. did you get lunch or, you know. <laughs> and then they're let's go. Let's go stare at the tree in the dark cemetery and listen to monkeys moving about in the tree. Um, yeah, like 
there's not a real big sense of urgency in this. To no, me. they're not. It's it's almost like they're, <laughs> you know, they're on their way to Mordor to throw the, <laughs> to throw the ring into the into Fire Mountain or whatever the hell it was. Oh, um, like, but they're just walking really slow. Yeah, we could stop off at Ross and try shoes on for a little bit. I guess <laughs> we've got two hours, you know, before All Saints Day. And meanwhile, all hell is breaking loose. Right, in, exactly. In Dunwich. I don't understand. Um, so, you know, they're the two and everything. And then, so they all end up back at where they end up at the, where are they at where the window blows open? Cause that's, that's like one of my favorite scenes too, is the maggot shower. Ah, oh, freaking hell. It, I think they were at an inn maybe something, but I just love it. Cause the windows, these giant windows just fly open. And then this wind starts and maggots, cover them you know? i mean maggots galore i love at, it so much at first i thought it was a snowstorm <laughs> it was just so many maggots it oh, was so man. many maggots what let me see i gotta get my notes here because see where was it um it was 10 kilograms of maggots in two wind machines to make that happen holy crap so the wind machines had to have cut up some of the maggots I, I imagine they weren't behind it. I think they threw it in front of it, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> just, <laughs> oh, God. Just bits of maggots. If they had it, like, going through a tube and just being pushed through, like, a, a high wind force. <laughs> but now... Oh, man, I would not want to be in that scene. Apparently, on set, the actors weren't were not happy about this at all. <laughs> and after the fact, because Fulci was a, a pipe smoker, someone filled his pouch or the pipe with maggots. And he actually lit it and started smoking it unbeknownst to what was in the pipe. Ooh. And he was very unhappy about it. And his he later got very sick, like later down the line in his life. And he, he accounted his sickness to smoking those maggots. Yeah, I don't think that was it. No, but he really believed that that was what happened. Huh. Like apparently, he and Christopher George uh, Peter, the the uh, reporter, did not get along very well at all. I can imagine, like just from you telling me where he was like freaking out about the lady blinking because there's a a pickaxe coming at her face. Yeah, um, and then like just showering people in maggots. <laughs> you know, I understand to a point you have an artistic vision. But you've also got to take into account that there's some people who are just not wanting to get showered with maggots. So, okay, it's what, 2003, and this was made in 1980. Mm -hmm. So that actress that you're talking about, uh, Karina, Mc uh, I want to say her name right. I think it's Karina McCall. Um, and she was the one that was also from um, House by the Cemetery. She was the mom in that. She did not want to do so. This, of course, is the first in the trilogy. Okay, mm -hmm. she didn't want to do this movie, and her uh, manager said, "Oh, just do it. It's not like anyone's going to see this thing." Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> and we're still talking about it. right. We're talking about it to this day. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so there's the magazine and everything, and I do love Sandra's like that green like puke that she coughs up. <laughs> And I also love that the phone rings and they have to slide the maggots off to answer it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shit. I'm so sorry. Oh, but okay. Oh, but the phone call. Okay. So the phone call 
is from John John. Oh, right. Because the little oh. boy, his family was just slaughtered by his sister. But what I love is that John John in the dining room and the table's all set for like lunch or dinner or what have you. And there, there's like behind him, because he's like close to the camera, but behind him, you see this full glass of milk with something red dripping into it. And then you pan up to the ceiling and it's like above him, there's so much blood that is soaked through the floor into the ceiling. It's dripping down. Right. And at I first, love that. I thought the blood was more of that effect that we saw like with the with the inside out child. Um, oh, yeah. Because it kind of looked like that, but it was more just like coagulated blood. Yeah, it was pretty disgusting. So the quartet all like descend on the Robin's home and Sandra and Mary stay outside with the boy while Jerry and Peter run upstairs to see what happened. And apparently uh, Emily just had lunch uh, on the parents, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Um, I'm trying to think of other scenes. So, um, Oh, oh, also, so they kind of split up and they leave Sandra with John John. Okay, yes, this is the part that's approaching fast. Yeah, and I love they're walking up the steps, but the steps are open between the stairs. They're not solid. So underneath the stairwell Mm -hmm. they're walking up to is Emily. And her creepy ass face. Yes. But and of course, oh, go ahead. Doesn't she looks worse now because there's like one eyeball going yeah, in one she's direction. A lot worse. Yeah. And her skin looks even worse too. She looks oh. way more like a, like a really bad sunburn. Yeah. Like a rotting, rotting, rancid corpse. And so of course this is where Sandra gets it in the back of her head. <laughs> more um, of the silly putty. Yeah. And if these people like, there's no like rhyme or reason to how they move. Like they can like, it's almost like Nightcrawler. They're like bamfing all over the place. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? You're right. Because it, they're like doing that blinkety thing from um, yeah. uh, the, the Aterados movie I was telling you about where the naked dude is like here. And then suddenly he's like right in front of your face. Wait, what naked movie? What now? Uh, the, the, I, I know the Spanish name, but I, I'm calling it by the Spanish name, the uh, terrified. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. I don't care about that nudity. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's not the kind of nudity you want to see. No, I no, don't no. even want to see I that. I was like, I need to, I had a pen in my hand ready to write this down. Like, oh, no, I don't need yeah. oh yeah. No, that was, yeah. That, yeah. Right. Well, the, and I think that leads or loans itself to this whole nightmare quality that this movie has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's just like, there's no rhyme or reason to how these things are moving around in space. Yeah. And it, like, the, the priest doesn't walk around like that either. Oh, he kind of no, blinks in no. and out of things. Yeah. He's like this horrible pinata. Yeah. Yeah. So John, John just takes off and he's like kind of running, kind of sauntering around this dark street of Dunwich. Yeah. And what, um, okay. This is where the, uh, the, the, the that guy, uh, Tommy Fisher, the guy who played Tommy Fisher, yeah, uh-huh. uh huh, jumps out at him, yeah, and he yeah. looks like a corpse from Thriller, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But eventually, <laughs> eventually, John John runs and he like runs straight into Jerry's crotch, and I'm like, I kind of <laughs> want to be John John. <laughs> 
but they send John John off with the two, like with uh, Sheriff Russell and the other like patrolman or whatever in the station. And then they, they go off in uh, Pete's blue station wagon. Mary yeah. and yeah. Now, did the uh, did the therapist see what uh, the little boy was running from or did he just like not? I, was he not able to see that? I don't know because he's so damn calm. Right. And you know, that's what I'm saying that like. In, in parts where this stuff is happening, it's like people are freaking out and yet um, the other party is not showing any sense of like, oh, yeah, I got to get no, the hell like, out of here. You could probably skin a cat, give him a birthday cake or like blow his family up and it would be the same reaction. So I don't know what Jerry saw or did not see. He's just so calm. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Yeah. Um, and then I, oh, I also love we're back at that like bar restaurant thing. And then that's where they start seeing the dead on the other side of the glass. But then they're suddenly inside the bar with them. Yes, exactly. Like they're just, they, you can shut a door, but it doesn't matter because they, they're just going to like appear in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty creepy. And then of course they just pretty much go to town and eat them. It looks like, well, that, yeah. Cause that was actually over them eating them. Mm-hmm. So they yeah. do, there is like uh, zombies to a degree. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know that they really need to feed on them. Does that make sense? Right. Like I, I don't get, think like they were other hungry. Movies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's not like they need it to, for sustenance. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I yeah. <laughs> I think they were just being assholes. You know. Probably. Probably. <laughs> and then so this pretty much takes us to the end where they're at the cemetery and there's that like crunchy noise overhead with the jungle noises. So it's yep, like chewing, more, more monkeys. chewing and monkeys. Yeah. Maybe the monkeys <laughs> were chewing cereal. I just don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know what it's all about. And then, uh, and then uh, again, Mary's like, guess what? And I'm like, you know, like you got, you found a quarter, uh, you know, I'm a Sagittarius. She's like, no, it's all saints day. And I'm like, there's other ways you should have broken this news to these people. Like, holy fuck. It's all saints. Day. Yeah. And so does like, that mean that they failed in their quest? Because yeah, I like way means they failed in their quest. <laughs> But see, I didn't get that sense because they're still no. on that quest. They're like, oh, you know, we're, we still got to close the gates of hell, even oh, though it's all God. <laughs> I was like, wait, what's the like, point now? What, Don't even people? bother. Yeah. I'm like, right. What? What? Um. <laughs> <laughs> so they basically end up going. Well, they find the Thompson tomb of all the family and they have to like go down these like this like ladder thing to get to it yeah. and i love where they go to break into it and the little flying rat oh gee. mary i thought we were going to have another bat scene here <laughs> but no instead the priest tomb it's sealed on their side but it's been like broken out of on the other side yeah and they think that at first they say, oh, maybe somebody busted into it, but then somebody comes up with the brilliant idea. Maybe something came out of it. Yes, yes. Then I love when they get, so they have to crawl through the tomb. And then on the other side, there's all the dead bodies hanging from the ceiling, basically. The ones that have been buried have worked their way, like kind of just through time down from the cemetery ground above them. I think that's a really cool effect. Yeah. And I didn't know what was happening there. I'm looking at it. I'm like, was, uh, was the priest like arranging these body, the, you know, skeletal remains on the ceiling in some sort of like 
hellish Sistine Chapel kind of thing. Like what's going on here? Yeah, I just thought it was very, like it's a very cool effect. Like very cool effect, I thought. And then like Sandra's there. Oh yeah, because they're, uh, okay, they're in the catacombs now, right? Yeah, but like, again, no one, like my reaction and everyone else's reaction, totally different. <laughs> well, I'd, yeah. I'd be like, I'd be like, how the fuck did Sandra get here? And why is she not talking? Where's John John? Yeah. <laughs> Where's John John? Where's John John? Yeah. Why did you leave him? Yeah. Now, so she grabs the back of Peter's head. Mm-hmm. Do you not, in my mind, he could have easily gotten out of that situation really fast. It you know seems like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but no, so, and then, oh, and Mary's eyes start to bleed. Her eyes bleed, like, a couple times in here, and then they just stop. Is it because of uh, that he, now, he uh, did something to Sandra. Oh, he stabbed her with the with the thing. Yeah, like a rail. Yeah. Like a railing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and yeah. I guess uh, that broke eye contact, and so her eyes stopped bleeding. Right, yeah, yeah. But now why Jerry's eyes never bled, I don't know. Maybe it only Is works it on she, women. Or mediums. That's why I was wondering. Oh. You okay. know, because she had that link. Yeah. But what about that uh oh. the girlfriend and the boyfriend? Now she's You're the one. Right. Yeah, her You're eyes right. were the only ones that were bleeding, I think. I don't know. Huh. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. Huh. Yeah, that's really weird. I don't know. Hmm. So now it's just Jerry and Mary. Jerry and Mary. Yeah. And they and head on down. And um, I think they're in like, they're, or they're at the gates of hell at this point because yes. we're, they're surrounded by like corpses that are just popping up everywhere. Right. And there's that really pretty like stained glass. I guess hell has nice stained glass work. <laughs> right. I what guess. the hell was that? I don't was, know, but I liked it. Was that um, the the um the town of Salem that Dunwich was built uh, upon? Oh my god, I bet you're right. Could that be it? Oh my god, yes, of course it is. Yes, gold star for Rob today. <laughs> Woohoo! Woohoo! I look and your eyes are bleeding. Um <laughs> then I do love how like they don't kind of see like all the corpses like coming up behind them and then blocking all the exits. Yeah, like how could you not hear that? Right, but they don't. Um, but they do see the priest. And he's in full vampire mode now. Oh, yes, he is. Yes, he is. <laughs> he totally looks like Nicolas Cage as a vampire. <laughs> totally. Yeah, he's all, yeah, he's very creepy. Um, and then, of course, Jerry again grabs this time a wooden cross and plunges it through the priest. Right. He stakes him not through the heart, but through no. the abdomen. Yeah, through the abs. Uh, of steel um and then like he bursts into flames as do all the other living dead or whatever you want to call them they all start bursting into flames too right so i'm wondering like was he actually a vampire since he got the vampire death scene maybe i don't know because that was weird like he just burst into flames and then the, the rest of the dead burst into flames too yeah or did it just look cool maybe it just looked cool do you know what i mean yeah yeah so now it's morning and we get Jerry and Mary coming out of the, the what tomb, the underground tomb up into the, the, uh, the morning. Yeah. And little John, John being escorted by the police. 
Yes, and John, John John looks happy to see them, but the other two don't look too happy. They look a little worried. Right, and I see that's the part that I was struggling to understand. Like, are they terrified of children? <laughs> or, like, what's actually happening here? Because he's like, I'm happy to see you, and he's running toward him, and they're like, no! And then and the movie the, just ends like that. You get those weird noises, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it freezes and it does this like hand drawn animated like cracks. Yeah, like veins. Uh, veins, yeah, like cracking. a vein. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the credits roll. Okay, so as far as that goes, there's a couple of theories. Okay. One was that the original footage was destroyed by accident. So they just had to kind of deal with what they had. Really? Yeah. Now, is um, this does this have any sources to back it up or anything? It's all just hearsay rumors. Okay. And Fulci was never it never super clear on this. So that was one. The other one was it wasn't destroyed, but it was kind of unusable. The quality wasn't up to par with everything else. Hmm. Um some some people actually say that he was quoted as saying that he wanted a happy ending until like post-production when it was really too late to go back and do anything. And he decided, no, I don't want this to be upbeat. I want it to be downbeat, but he didn't have anything filmed for that. So he made it downbeat with what he could at his uh, ready. Okay. Yeah. That kind of makes sense. Now, okay. this is just my totally implausible theory because you know seeing the last movie first and the first movie right <laughs> at this point but right. you know when you know the the whole uh at the end there we're talking about children are monsters or monsters are children oh uh -huh. and then it's like okay th this is why they're afraid of the kid because the there's like a running theme in this movie that like you know kids are just like from hell or mm -hmm. something. And so that's, that's kind of what I thought. I was like, Oh, they're afraid of the kid because it's like, you know, this is, this is kind of a dream world. And, um, you know, the, the kid is the cause of all of this or you know, some weird thing like that, you know? Okay. And yes. I'm, right. I'm completely off base most likely, but that's what oh, I was thinking. No, actually I want to get, okay. So I did a little bit more diving into all this. So here are some speculations from others. Okay. One of them is that zombies start to appear out of the surroundings, like behind. So Mary and Jerry can see past the policemen and everything, but like past them, they can see more zombies coming up out of the distance. That's oh, what their reaction And we just can't see that. Okay. The second one I don't buy, but the second one is that the officers that drop John John off are zombies. But I'm like, would the zombies have draw, driven him there and not like done anything? I, I, to me, that one's not plausible. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. Listen to the last one. John John himself is a zombie. Ooh. Yes. And uh, only, um, only those two can see that. Yes. Now, I also found though that this was discredited because many feel that only a moron would hold this theory plausible. No, I lied. <laughs> now, there's another one, and I, I want to run this one past you, too. 
could the other two realize that they are possibly, they themselves are in hell, they save the world, but in doing so, they imprison themselves in the process of doing it. So that's what their look is. Like, so they realize they're in hell. No one else knows it is hell. That's why their reaction is different than John John's. Oh, I like that. Because yeah. it kind of goes along with the ending of House by the Cemetery, where mm-hmm. it's like a different uh, alternate dimension, alternate reality kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Now, this movie was it got the green light because of the success of Fulci's uh, Zombie or Zombie 2, depending on which title you're going to go by, um, by the success that it had in Italy. It took in over 1.5 billion lire. Um, so that's what actually got um, kind of like helped take his horror film career off the ground. Now, Zombie is not an 80s film, but I feel that you need to see Zombie uh, before you leave this mortal coil. And we're going to I'm going to have you watch that with me some point and we'll do a show about it. Yeah, I think I actually. I don't have a list, but I added it to my watch list because I think we were talking about doing that in the prophecy at, okay. at some point, because I do want to see this uh, killer bear. <laughs> yeah, pro- prophecy. Yeah. The, oh, the not, prophecy. The, not the yeah. prophecy, but just That's prophecy. That's the Christopher Walken one, yeah. <laughs> pro- prophecy, I can't. Prophecy and these movies are totally different beasts. I'll tell you that right now. Um, now, just a couple more trivia things. I thought this was cool because I, I like this actress. You you may not even know who I'm talking about. A lot of people may not. But um, they were originally trying to get Tisa Farrow um, to take the part of Mary Woodhouse. Now, Tisa Farrow is the sister of Mia Farrow from Rosemary's Baby. But Tisa Farrow was in The Grim Reaper or, and I can never say this right, Anthropophagus. And that one had George Eastman. It was filmed in Greece about a uh, cannibal. (laughs) And it was famous for a, um, basically a a fetus eating scene, but they used a baby rabbit for the fetus. Um, Yeah. Um, The movie we just watched, the one we were just talking about, it was filmed in New York City, Savannah, Georgia, and then some parts, uh, pickup shots were filmed in Rome. It was originally released in the U.S. as Twilight of the Dead, but it was slapped with a cease and desist order from the uh, makers of Night of the Living Dead because they thought it was too close and people would get confused. And not only Um, that, but I think Romero was supposed to do Twilight of the Dead. Oh, interesting. Really? Yeah. Like that was going to be, I believe, the final um, the final dead film. Interesting. Huh. It was supposed to end with that as far from what I heard, because I was watching, let's see, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. And then there was uh, Land of the Dead, Survival diary. of the Dead, Diary. Yeah, Diary. Yeah. Uh, I think it was mm-hmm. supposed to end with Twilight of the Dead. Interesting. Now, is that the one where the zombie girl loves these other two zombies, but she can't pick between the two and she's real mopey? <laughs> Is that Twilight? <laughs> yeah, the Twilight of the Dead New Moon. <laughs> All right. Now, I it save this for the end instead of at the beginning because if you don't find this interesting and you want to stop listening, you can do that. 
But I really do think it's important to talk about like the people involved in the film. And I want to do that now just real quick, if that's okay with you, Rob. Totally. Okay. So our director is, of course, Lucio Fulci. I love the gentleman. Um, We already mentioned that this was a trilogy. The only one we've not talked about yet was The Beyond from 81. Um, The third part of the trilogy was, of course, The House by the Cemetery, also filmed in 81. Um, Some other films of note by him. He did The Psychic from 77. Now, this one is more for your recommendation. I think you should try to find The Devil's Honey from 86. That sounds like Um, a porno. Kind of. So I think you should watch that. Um, He also did a a giallo called Enigma from 87. And then he did a kind of a meta horror movie where he's actually in the film as a uh, filmmaker. It's called A Cat in the Brain from 90. Um, So uh, those are things that I think that you might enjoy. Um, Now, I liked the music from this quite a bit. I did too. I thought it was, uh, it's, it kind of built the tension and it made everything feel like it was in place. And I just like the, like, kind of, it had that Italio feel to it. It's by Fabio, Fabio Frizi. And he also worked with him on the psychic, the beyond cat in the brain, but he also did uh, Godzilla from 1977. He worked uh, with him with Fulci on zombie from 79. He also did pieces from 82 um, he did the Giallo, the Scorpion with two tails from 82. Most recently, though, he did Puppet Master, the Littlest Reich from 2018 and Castle Freak from 2020. Ooh. So he, yes. Um, now, uh, our psychic uh, was um, Mary Woodhouse, and that was Catriona McCall. She didn't do a ton of stuff, but she worked with Fulci on uh, The Beyond, House by the Cemetery. And then she was in, um, she worked with Jack Palance and Hawk the Slayer from 80. And then she did a, a movie called Theater of the Bazaar. It's like an anthology horror. And she did The Mother of Toads. And that was from 2011. The Mother of Toads. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So the Mother of Tears. Yeah. Um, now, Christopher George, um, he was our reporter. He was Peter Bell. He passed away in 83, but he did a lot of cool films. Uh one of the earliest films that I ever saw by him was uh, Tiger by the Tail. And it had Tippi Hendren from The Birds and Charo. I love Charo. And it was uh, uh, an early role for her as well. Now, I love my Animal Attack movies. And he did Grizzly from 76 and then Day of the Animals from 77. That's the one where uh, Leslie Nielsen fights with the grizzly bear with his shirt off. <laughs> um, he did Graduation Day in 81. He did Enter the Ninja from 81 as well. He did Mortuary from 82, and he did Pieces from 82. He did a lot of movies with his wife, Linda Day George. Uh, I love her too, and she um, did a lot of horror movies, and their careers, um, like they overlapped a lot. Like they were both in uh, the movie Cruise into Terror from 78. It was a TV movie with Satan on a cruise ship. Um, They were both in Attack of the Animals. They were both in Mortuary, and they were both in Pieces. Now, Jerry. Um, was Carlo Di Mejo, M-E-J-O. Um, he was the debtor, he was in the Dead or Alive from 72. Um, he did Contamination and Terror Express from 80. Um, he was Mr. Wheatley in House by the Cemetery. Um, and he was in The Other Hell. Those were both from 81. He also did Lucio Fulci's Manhattan Baby from 82. 
And he did uh, Bruno Mattai's Woman's Prison Massacre from 83. And that was Jerry, our psychiatrist. Oh, wow. Yes. Now, um, I already talked about uh, Michele Suave, um, who was from Demons. Um, Father Thomas uh, was uh, Fabrizio Giorne, uh, J-O-R-I-N-E. He was in uh, The Psychic and Contraband. Those were both Fulci films. Now, Sandra was Janet Agron, and she actually did quite a bit of things. Um, she was in One on Top of the Other from 69. Um, that was uh, one on top of the other from 69. Just picture. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, yes, exactly. Um, she was in the killer reserve nine seats from 74. She was in eaten alive from 80. Uh, she was in red Sonia. I don't know if you remember that. Brigitte oh, uh, yep. I have seen that. She was Varna, um, in that one. Um, she was in the hands of steel. It was a Sergio Martino film from 86 and she was in, one of my favorite Treat Williams movies, Night of the Sharks from 88. How come I have yet to see that movie? I don't know. I love it so much. Uh, now, Emily was Antonella Interlehi, um, I-N-T-E-R-L-E-N-G-H-I. The only thing I know her from is an amazing movie called Yeti, Giant of the 20th Century from 1977. Everyone should see that one before they die. Um, Bob is Giovanni Leombardo Radici. This guy's career is something else. Um, he was in Cannibal Apocalypse with John Saxon. John Saxon was the dad in Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, that was Antonio Margariti's movie. He was in the Ultra Skeezy, which I love. I love this movie so much. It was House by the Edge of the Park um, from Diodato. Ruggiero Diodato, and that starred David Hess, who was also in Last House by the Last House on the Left. Um, he was in Stage Fright, which was directed by Michele Suave from Demons. Um, he was in okay. He was in a movie called The Church, and that one is got a very young Aja Argento in it. It was like her fifth film. So I don't know if you've ever seen that one. No. Michele Suave directed that one as well. Okay. Now, have you ever seen a movie called The Sect from 91? Mm, no, nah, I don't recall that. Okay. That one's interesting because it's got Kelly Curtis in it, and that's Jamie Lee Curtis's sister. I didn't even know she had a sister. Yeah. It's it's a kind of a cool movie. I think you would actually get a kick out of it. It would fit in well with the show. If you ever want to do it for the show, we could do that. Um, he was in Body Puzzle by Lamberto Bava. Um, and then he was in the Omen remake with, uh, Lee Schreiber and Mia Farrow from 2006. I don't know if you saw that one. Um, uh, I don't think I have. I, I saw the original Omen. Okay. But yeah, yeah. probably it, not the, not the remake. The remake wasn't my favorite, but it's, I mean, it's worth seeing, but yeah. Um, Did you see the series? Then, uh, sorry to get off track. I just- no. Go. Wondered if you saw the the Omen series that came out in about 2016, I think it was. No. Was the Omen a male or a female? Oh, man. I think it was a male. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm just, okay. Because I think they did an Omen where the actual, the Omen was a female, but I think it was a movie. Oh, no. This was a series that had um, 
geez, I can't remember the person's name now, but the, the antichrist is all grown up and, uh, he's oh, like the one with Sam Neill. Really? Yeah. Sam okay. Neill played the omen. I think it was called final conflict. Oh no. Well, this was a series and it was on something like AMC or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think, let me just look at real quick because it might not even be called the omen, but it, it had Damien Thorne. Uh, he had to change his name and then he was being protected by this cult. Huh. Um, and then there was like a reporter or some kind of thing, but it was a, it was like a one season series, you know, very short gotcha. series. And did it wrap up? Ah, uh, from what I remember, I think it did. Like, Oh, he, that's good. I hate when they just like end, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but it, it was a very strange series. It was almost like, a uh, an Italian horror film, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. While you're looking that up, the last one I want to talk about, the John John, John John Robbins, Mm -hmm. was Luca Venatini, V-E-N-A-N-T-I-N-I. And he was in Exterminators of the Year 3000 from 83 and then Primetime Murder from 2000. And I'm done with my my, uh, thespians and directors and and all those cool people. But yeah, I, I always think it's good to... Well, number one, it's good to give these people their due, but... These are also movie recommendations that, you know, I kind of think you might get a kick out of some of these other films, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's good to know, like, some of the movies that we've covered. Oh, I found it. Yeah. Anyway, some of the movies that we've covered also feature the actors and actresses from previous films that we've covered or films that we have yet to cover. And so it's always nice to just see the callback from that. Oh, yeah. And I do think it's. Like if you like the actor or actress, you're like, you know, what else did they do? And you can, you know, find some of these other things. I, I don't know. I just like film so much. And I, I just think it's kind of cool if I can kind of give people like, you know, pointers in different directions to find other things they might enjoy. Uh, so what was the name of the show? Okay. The name of the show was Damien. Um, it was 2016 oh. and it was on A&E. A&E. Interesting. Yes. And basically the synopsis is, after discovering his origins, Damien Thorne must cope with life as the Antichrist. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's a pretty twisted movie. I mean, not a movie. It's a pretty twisted show where there's like a lot of stuff going on. Huh. It, now, it, this isn't the one where he gets like a coffee shop. <laughs> it's like a uh, picture of sex in the city. But he's, you know, learning how to live life as the Antichrist and just oh, uh, live his best like a, life. There's like a laugh crack. <laughs> Damien. Yeah. It's only got 10 episodes. That sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. Who played Damien? Uh, what the hell is his name? Bradley James. Okay. I don't know this gentleman. I'll yeah, I don't either. Up. Okay. Fun. Well, cool. Okay. So now... Our next go round, we're going to be covering Wishmaster. Make your last wish. God, I love doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, apparently you're not the real Wishmaster because, you know, <laughs> what I wished for didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> sure it did. I just cut your legs off. <laughs> oh, I see. That's not what I wished for. <laughs> you you wanted a dick that could touch the floor, you said. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. I see where you're going with this. Um, <laughs> now, 
we have um, coming down the pipeline, we've had three more uh, listener requests, and we'll be getting to those. So I don't mm-hmm. want those people thinking we are ignoring them. And we thank you for those, by the way, people. Um, and if you want to get in touch with us, I am always lurking around Instagram at the Midnight Mass Creature Cast uh, account. You can get in touch with me there. Yep. You're always lurking in the shadows with a flashlight underneath your chin. Right, exactly. Or uh, if you want to send a request to us through email, just hit up mmccpod at gmail.com. And, uh, you know, I'll open that email up and I'll forward it to Mark. Especially if you look like Jerry. <laughs> Jerry, what if they look like Treat Williams with a beard? Oh, my God. You, oh, yes, please. <laughs> Send that as fast as you can. <laughs> Holy cow. Don't even just, just yeah, just, I somehow just bypass Rob. <laughs> yeah, don't even send it to me. Just send it directly no, to the Instagram right account. Right <laughs> to me. Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and as always, we do thank you for joining us because really seriously, you guys, with you, it means the more the scarier. That's right. And always until next time, stay spooky. <laughs>